Welcome in. Good to have you on a Thursday. The Bill Michaels Show. <clears throat> Glad to be here. Uh, I guess this is as close as we're going to come to winter for the month of December. <laughs> Which is weird to say, but it is like right around 33, 34 degrees. A little bit warmer than that as it continues to go up. Uh, this morning it was rainy. And then it had those big wet f- snowflakes that looked like saran wrap that were falling for a little bit. And then it went back to rain. And so that was our winter wonderland for for the month of December. <laughs> so that was it. Enjoy the snow while you can because it's not going to get around, I guess, again until uh, January at best. So good to have you on board today. Um, here's the question. Here's the question. And this is an easy one today. With all that is spinning around the Green Bay Packers. Jair being suspended, people calling for Joe Barry's head, the defense, guys are saying, oh, we're just running the plays that are called, you know, and guys that are banged up. With all that is spinning around the Green Bay Packers, can the Packers win on Sunday? I mean, that's lost in all of this, is they have to win. If they have any postseason hopes at all, they have to win. On Sunday, I mean, so do the Vikings, but they have to win on Sunday. So we'll uh, get into that today. Can the Packers, will the Packers win on Sunday? That's what we're going to get into today. Uh, That and the fact that uh, last night, uh, after we got off the air yesterday, word broke that uh, the uh, former senator uh, from Wisconsin, Herb Cole, uh, the former owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, had passed away as well. And, um, you know, and I I'd, I'd said this last night because last night was the huddle and it's more football centric. But uh, I just I got a chance to know uh, the senator early on when I came to the state of Wisconsin and just it, it, there was a lot of misnomers uh, about the senator. We'll talk a little bit about that and I'll give you some some of my personal experiences with him uh, because he he just was a. He's a pretty good – I mean, I, I didn't get into the pol- uh, the political side of stuff and all the politics along with it because I just I didn't care. Uh, but just as far as being a basketball owner and a guy that you could just, you know, kind of sit down and shoot the stuff with, he was just a good guy. Um, and, and he was a guy that really wanted to win. I, I can take you through the entire uh, – when I got here in 99, it, um, you know, the Bucks had not been to the postseason in a long time. It was a strike-shortened season. George Carl was here. Uh, and uh, the fact that they had had started winning, and it, it, we'll go through that whole thing coming up a little bit later on the show. But it was just it was a good time uh, in Bucks basketball, and a, a time that I got a chance to know the senator a little bit. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, so the uh, way to get a hold of us today, if you want to do so, there is plenty of ways to get a hold of us. Uh, first of all, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. That's the first time or the first way to get a hold of us. Then there's Twitter. Uh, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. Uh, Grant Bill's producing the program at Wisco Grant. Uh, you can find us. We are live now on all these different platforms. Instagram, The Bill Michaels Show on Instagram. We're live on Instagram. Facebook, we're live on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. Um, I think we've got, from what I was told, we were going to be on, on TikTok as well. TikTok requires at least a thousand followers, and I since we just I never used the TikTok account, I didn't have a thousand followers, so we're not on TikTok yet, but we will be as soon as we get a thousand followers. So if you're on TikTok and you want to follow us there, follow us there. There you go. Uh, you can also track us down on YouTube, which is a great way to watch the program. We always appreciate it when you uh, go over to YouTube and you click the subscribe button or the follow button. 
Click that, and uh, whenever we go on the air, it pops up, and it's free. Uh, and if we annoy the hell out of you, you can either unsubscribe or just turn off your notifications. But we always appreciate it. And so anyway, you can go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. We're also on Twitch TV, which is a downloadable app. Kick TV, same thing. LinkedIn TV, we're on LinkedIn as well. You can email the program simply thebillmichaels at gmail.com, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. The website uh, is simply thebillmichaels.com. Uh, you can find uh, and take us anywhere and everywhere. Listen to the program and listen to everything programming-wise on The Zone in Madison, our flagship station out of Madison, which is uh, The Zone, Z-O-N-E, The Zone, Madison, but we're all over the state of Wisconsin, on many different platforms and many different radio stations and great supporters. Also, you can listen to us after the fact on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and all that kind of good stuff as well. So there you have it. Um, that's the way to get hold of us. Uh, Grant Bills, how are you doing today? Is it, uh, is it snowing in Madison, or is it uh, kind of the rainy, snowy mix? No, it's beautiful. I woke up, there was snow on the ground. I had to brush off my car and put actual boots on today, which was really a good feeling. I forgot what that felt like, so I, I don't mind a little snow. I like it. There you go. Okay. Well, then you got a little bit of a, a, a white uh, December, because here, it's, it's rain. I got puddles on the uh, balcony. Uh, as I look out of the window right now, I got puddles on the balcony, and the rain is still steadily falling. And what was looking like giant pieces of saran wrap falling from the sky earlier has now turned to basically rain. And that's it. So no snow here. Not wiping off no car. Nothing like that. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I wouldn't mind one of those. We were just talking. Kristen and I were just talking about this yesterday. We were just saying it was weird not to have any snow on the ground at all for Christmas. Uh, it reminded me of when I grew up in Cincinnati. We we always do now hardly ever had white Christmas. Um, it just doesn't snow a ton down there. And then when it if you get you know God you get six to eight, you know six inches of snow you shut the city down for three days. I mean it's just people freak out because it's on hills down there. So you know it was always like you just couldn't wait for a two inch snow because you knew you were off school that day. Here <laughs> you get two inches of snow, people go that's it, that's all you get. So uh, anyway, that being said. We haven't had one of those good uh, nights where it's like a Friday or Saturday night. It's, you know, like 6 o'clock. It's snowing like the end of the world to where you can just either head down to the bar or you just go to the great room. You build a big, giant fire. You kick back and, you know, watch a game or two and, you know, make yourself some beverages or something, you know, whatever. We haven't had one of those. We haven't had that night. But it's been almost too warm at times to even build a fire because you don't want the extra heat in the house. So we haven't had one of those. I'm looking forward to that eventually. Uh, but that being said, uh, coming up on New Year's Eve, just to let you know, we're going to be at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. We've got a watch party going on for the Packers and the Vikings coming up on Sunday night. And then immediately following the game, we're going to have the Green and Gold Post Game Show live from Boondocks. So if you can make it out, come on out and join us. We're going to be at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews, County Road K in Oconomowoc. And uh, it's just out in Stonebank, technically, but... It's uh, just out that way. Big place, fun place. There's going to be music that night, champagne toast, all that kind of stuff, food. But we're going to have a green and gold watch party, and we're going to have the green and gold postgame show coming up immediately following the game. So please, if you can join us, if you have nothing else going on, just come out and say hi and at least watch the Packers game with us and enjoy some, uh, some fun stuff. And who knows, maybe we're going to um, uh, give away a few things too. we got some things to give away, so we'll do that too. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to give us a shout, 
Tom says, you headed to Minneapolis, Bill. If so, I'm going to give you 100 bucks to blow up the damn horn. <laughs> First of all, if I was going to Indianapolis and you just said, Bill, blow up the horn, I would do it for free. Okay, let me say that. I would do that for free. Uh, however, I uh, no, I'm not. We are going to be uh, live at Boondocks. So uh, I'm going to get out there. I don't know what time. Uh, we'll probably get there. Between 4 and 6, I guess, and start setting up. Uh, but the band, I think the music starts at like 8 and goes all the way until a little after midnight. So it'll be a fun time. It'll be a good time. So come on out. Come on out and hang out with us. We'd, uh, we'd love to do it. Love to love to come out and hang out with some Packers fans. And uh, I'll be doing tw- you know Twitter at the time, too. You can follow along. So a lot of good stuff. What do you do on New Year's Eve, Grant? Uh, it's kind of dependent on the year. Last year, we had a big friend get together in Wisconsin Dells. People yeah. from Milwaukee and the Twins, we kind of met in the Dells, and we went out and had a good time. This year, uh, the band that I used to play with in lacrosse, um, they booked a gig at this big place in Toma, and I'm actually driving over there and meeting them, so... I'm going to play I, a lot of music with them that. and hang out and drink some drinks. And I, yeah. I've never spent a New Year's Eve in Toma, so I can I can cross I that have, one off the list. In And now Toma, that's right just by near the cross, right? Yeah, it's about, I guess, 40, 45 minutes right. where 90 and 94 split. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. Yeah, right there. Okay, because I know there's Watoma and Toma, and I, I, I get it mixed up every now and then, but that's what I thought. I thought it's when I make the split to go to lacrosse. That's usually where I see it. So, okay. Well, it's always been there, duh, but, you know. So, okay, that, that sounds like a good time. So, when was the last time you guys all played together? Uh, I think in – they play all the time still. Uh, the last time I played with them, I think, was in June uh, back in lacrosse. So, it's a lot gotcha. of the same songs. I've been I've been practicing a little bit this week, but it should hopefully be like riding a bike. I'm looking forward to, to getting to play with those guys again. It's fun. Um, Here's something to think about, and we did not talk about it at all, but – uh, you know how, what, what is true when you think of Christmas day, okay. Once you get past the family gatherings and the Christmas presents and stuff, what do we normally think of if we're in sports? Christmas day or new year's? Yeah. Christmas day. Um, the NBA. Exactly. Historically. Exactly. Exactly. Historically, uh, yeah. it's the NBA. You are correct. Uh, the NBA could have blown up on Christmas day and nobody would have known until the next day. Did you see the numbers for the NFL? Yeah, the, the NFL just kind of owns whatever it wants to own. Whatever <laughs> they want to do, you are nothing more than the bastard stepchild. Yep. That is it. I mean, they blew away the NBA. Massive ratings on Monday. The network announced the Raiders' upset win over the Kansas City Chiefs opened the uh, three-game slate. 29 million viewers. 29 million viewers. It was the most watched Christmas Day game in 34 years. Then the night game between the 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens, that was the second most watched. That game uh, was the largest one in 27 years. More than 27 million people tuned in on ESPN and ABC to watch that one. And uh, then the, uh, the Philadelphia, uh, the, the, uh, which trailed the Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles matchup on Monday Night Football earlier this season. But Fox has yet to release the viewership numbers for Monday afternoon's game between the Eagles and the Giants, but they expect that to be huge as well. Christmas traditionally dominated by the NBA. The league had five marquee matchups, starting with the Bucks and the Knicks. Madison Square Gardens, ending with the Dallas Mavericks beating the Phoenix Suns. But since Christmas fell on a Monday this year, the NFL decided to jump in on it, which they did. And basically, I mean, the numbers for the NBA are nil, even in New York. Even in New York, where everybody thought it would be huge, the numbers were nil 
uh, when it came to uh, the NBA. Uh, the numbers in New York were uh, 4.2 million people in New York had their TVs tuned to the NFL, and uh, a little over 220,000 people had the NBA on. Holy mackerel. Well, I didn't watch the Bucks. No offense well, to the Bucks, but there was a football game on. Like, that's how right? it, there's a hierarchy. There's a sports hierarchy. If there's a standalone yeah. primetime NFL game on, I'm watching it. That's yep. just how it works. Right? I just, nobody. Uh, I, and I mean, I, and I love, like last night I sat down, man, that was it. I sat down and the Bucks were on and I'm like, this is it. I just, I'm going to relax. And that's what I did. Sat down last night. We, uh, we went to Golden Euros. We got Euros last night. Had the Euros sitting there. Had a, had a can of Sprite sitting there. Sat down, watched the game, and then uh, finished off the Euro and went to bed. And that was, that was the night. It was just an easy, right after I got off the air with uh, the, uh, the huddle last night, sat down and watched the, uh, the end of the Bucks game. That was it. Good night last night. But, uh, no, if I've got NFL on, usually the NFL's on. Just is what it is. 877-867-1670. We got Paul Charchian coming up today. It is our last visit with the Charch. Uh, so we're going to talk with him about both the um, fantasy football. If you've got a question, get it to me, and I'll try to at least, you know, kind of get it on if you've got, you know, your finals coming up. Uh, but also we'll talk with him about Minnesota and uh, get that perspective and that side of things as the Packers get ready to go into Minneapolis and take on the Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium. So we got the charge coming up. We're going to talk with, hopefully, Jim Ozarski a little bit later on today. Last night, we had a conversation. If you missed it, we're going to play it back. But last night, we had a conversation with Mike Clemens. And Mike joined us um, to talk about the whole situation in Green Bay uh, because yesterday was a very bizarre day. And we're going to let you hear Matt LaFleur's presser. And I want you to hear it again. And the reason why is uh, kudos to Bill Huber. And I praised Bill Huber the other day when he asked specifically the question about, you know, the firing of or the should be, would be, could be firing of Joe Barry. And then when Matt LaFleur had kind of a politically correct answer, he went, why? And Matt got frustrated and didn't want to answer it, you know. And again yesterday, he wanted to ask more questions. And he had a right to. And Matt got all upset. I shouldn't say all upset, but he just said, finally said, look, I'm not talking about it anymore. We're talking about strictly, you know, Minnesota. And I understand that. But you can't act like the Green Bay Packers, first of all, aren't the biggest story. And secondly, when you have a player suspended because of conduct detrimental to the team, like that's not the big story and you can't talk about it. Like, no, 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 no. I don't know who you think you are, Matt LaFleur. You're the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, which means you have an obligation to let the fans know what the hell's going on because it seems like there's a lot of drama and a lot of implosion going on inside your locker room, outwardly looking in. That's the national perspective and that is the local perspective. And you had a chance to straighten it out. You don't want to talk about it. That's fine. I get it. You want to hold things close to the vest. You want to. You don't want to throw guys under the bus. You're trying to keep your locker room together. But there are some things that, you know, have to be discussed. And you're not Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, telling everybody to shut up and bow down and kiss the ring. That ain't happening. That'll never happen. But uh, I did, uh, man, I applaud Bill Huber for uh, asking the next follow-up question. And at least getting Matt to say, Okay, for the last time, and then getting to, into the explanation, because it was a legitimate question. Is the, is the relationship between you and Jair is, because everybody wants to know, does Jair, is he trying to force his way out of here? You know, statements have been made, and you don't want to talk about it? You know, no. Uh, and he said very much that the relationship between him and Jair, he feels, is only going to get stronger. So, so it was a great deal. So we're going to let you hear that coming up here in just a little while as well. So there you have it. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to find us? 
please feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we got a lot more to get into. Got a big day today on tap. Stay tuned. we got more coming up right Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael show continuing on and uh, we've got uh, yesterday we had a conversation with Mike Clemens and I think it's pertinent we're going to you're going to hear that coming up here uh, at the bottom of the hour and uh, it was just and it'll kind of set the tone for today I guess is the best way to put it it'll, it'll kind of set the tone for for what else is 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 kind of thought and coming today as we kind of look into the as the world turns inside uh, 1265. So we got that coming up. Uh, and at some point, we, uh, we're going to, like I said, we're going to talk with Paul Charchian. Uh, Jim Ozarski hopefully can join us today. Uh, put a couple of feelers out um, just to see if I could get a couple of people maybe to come on via the Bucks organization and talk a little bit about uh, the senator and his passing. And uh, y- you start to think of some of the influential people in the state of Wisconsin. And just in the time that I've been here, um, and I, I moved here, uh, actually the anniversary is coming up. It'll, it's going to be 25 years, uh, in broadcasting in the state of Wisconsin coming up in March. Um, but when I think of the influential people in the state of the of Wisconsin that I have, uh, had, you know, that I have got to know and dealt with and worked with, uh, and ch- basically changed the landscape of sports in the state. You know, uh, the senator is one of the first people that I think of. Uh, the other one is Bob Harlan. Um, when I first came here and was hired by uh, the flagship and the Packers, I mean, Bob Harlan was one of the first people I met, and uh, which was, I'll never forget that day, and, and just what a great guy Bob was. But to be able to work with that organization was incredible. But when you think about the landscape of sports, and really the orchestrators of the landscape of sports. There's four or five guys that you can think of, and you can say these are the guys that changed the, the, the landscape or improved the landscape in the state of Wisconsin. I think first and foremost, I think of what Bob Harlan did in the renovation of Lambeau Field, in, you know, obviously, you know, begin, the, 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 starter, the starting point for the return of the title to Titletown. Uh, I think of... Um, you know, Herb Cole, and not only keeping the Bucks in the state of Wisconsin, I mean, he fought to keep the Bucks here. And had it not, it had just been an owner that just wanted to sell, he could have sold them off to Seattle and off they would have went. But it meant a lot to keep them here. And if it wasn't for him also igniting the funding for Pfizer Forum, we wouldn't have it. And I'll be honest, I mean, the Pfizer Forum for the price tag it came with, it's already hosted more events, more concerts, more big events than we ever even dreamed of. And what concerts and events used to pass by the state of Wisconsin because we just simply didn't have a facility big enough or strong enough and accommodating enough to host them have now made Milwaukee a stop 
a destination. The cool thing about it is not only are people in the state of Wisconsin getting access to it, but people are coming from down in Illinois and spending their money here because it's cheaper to come here than it is to go to a big event in Chicago. So we're actually getting that influx of money in that sense. So those two guys, then I'd probably say Bud Selig. Bud Selig and George Petak are the two guys that changed the landscape uh, for uh, the Buck, or excuse me, for the Brewers in the state of Wisconsin, uh, and the building of originally Miller Park, and keeping the because the Brewers also were another team that were they were ready to go. There wasn't a whole lot of Plan B. The Plan B was to talk talk to you later, and they're still here. And God knows we've all enjoyed Brewers baseball. It's been a, it's had its ups and downs, but we've all enjoyed it. So that's another uh, person. And then I would probably have to say, if you want to say Barry Alvarez in conjunction with Pat Richter, those two guys. Um, when you talk about the overall landscape in the state of Wisconsin, those four or five guys, though, that's it. I mean, they really kind of shaped it as to what it is. Now you can look at the success that Bo Ryan had, that Tom Crean had, that Bruce Pearl had. You can look at the success that Mike McCarthy had. You know, obviously, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, you can get into that. Giannis and what he's brought to the table. You know, you can look at all of that. But the guys that, the, the, the money men behind it, the guys that got it done and went through all the uncomfortable trials and tribulations uh, for us in the state of Wisconsin, sports fans-wise, those are probably the four or five guys that you would look at and go, yeah, that's, we have a lot to, and, and you know what? The one guy didn't even throw into the mix, Herb Cole, or uh, Herb Kohler. What Kohler Company did in the construction of Whistling Straits, PGA Championships, Senior PGA Championships, the Ryder Cup, uh, putting basically golf, uh, I don't want to say on the map because this was already a pretty good golf area, but taking it to a whole other level that we had never seen or dreamed of. And then you've got the building of Aaron Hills and then Century World. And now, I mean, it's just what we've got in the state of Wisconsin when you start to look at all the, the top 100 golf courses in the state that owns the most. I mean, golf here is... One of the things that I think we take for granted in the area, but it's really a huge income boost to the area because of everything we have here in the state of Wisconsin. I mean, you can really plan like a, I don't want to say a trip of a lifetime, but kind of on that bucket list trip of golfers to come to Wisconsin. And if you do it right, you can hit all of them all at once. You can hit Whistling, you can hit Aaron Hills, you can hit Century World, you can hit them all. You know, you can, you can go to a lot of different great courses in the state of Wisconsin. And kind of knock all of those off the bucket list at once, too, as a travel destination. So, you know, those four or five guys, if I'm going to say, really, when you talk about the landscape of sports in the state of Wisconsin, man, boy, uh, the passing of Senator Cole kind of makes you think about, you know, how far things have come, not just for the Bucks, but just in general in, in the area. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out. We're going to take a quick break because I do want to get into this. Yesterday, Mike Clemens joined us uh, during the huddle, and we had a very – uh, raw discussion uh, about what's going on inside uh, Lambeau Field. So I want you to take a listen to it when we come back. So uh, stick around for that. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at The Nice Ash, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Follow them on Facebook. Aaron, who goes by Aaron McGroovy, uh, is uh, up for one of the Bar Boss uh, championships. And you can go there and vote for her, and it's free of charge. You can go and vote. I mean, if you want to pay, you can, but uh, you get one vote a day. But uh, we're trying to kind of get her over the top as nationally recognized as one of the, quote, bar bosses. Uh, and it's really cool, great place to go. But they've got great bourbons and whiskeys and all different flavors of hookahs and a huge walk-in humidor. 
as well. Uh, but great entertainment on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and just a fun place to go. Sit down, watch a game, or just take a load off and enjoy. Take some friends and just enjoy a conversation. That's the nice Ash Cigar Bar at 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. You're going to hear the conversation between myself and Mike Clemens. That is next on the Bill Michael. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you. Hey, uh, Jane L. Tire and Service Center, uh, whether it's in uh, Watertown or in Johnson Creek, reminding you that, yeah, <laughs> the weather's going to come at some point. And if you're thinking about tires, maybe maintenance on your vehicle, oil changes and things like that, filling up all the fluids, getting everything taken a look at as uh, the winter months begin to creep in on us, that's the place to do it. And I trust them. That's the best part about it. I trust them. And they're very philanthropic in the community. They do a ton for the community. So if you want to work with somebody that, one, you can trust with your vehicle because, you know, we all know, you don't know what the hell they're telling you, and you got to have somebody that you really trust and believe in and isn't going to charge you an arm and a leg just to open the hood. So that's first and foremost. And then secondly, uh, people that do good, you know, I mean, great people, Lyle and, and Chad and everybody out there at uh, the one in Johnson Creek and everybody that works at the one up in Watertown. J&L Tire and Service Center been getting it done a long time. You can trust them. And they're very philanthropic in the community, and they want to say thank you for voting them the best tire dealer as well. JNL Tire and Service Center. Yesterday, had a great conversation with Mike Clemens and uh, last night during the huddle. And uh, it's just in-depth looking behind the scenes in Green Bay. And I wanted you to take a listen to it. Here's uh, myself and Mike Clemens uh, yesterday chatting a little bit about what the hell is going on up at 1265. So Mike, uh, all this talk and the discussion regarding Jair and the the fact that maybe this was Goody and the old school school Goody that came down and said, "Uh uh-uh, this doesn't fly with me. And, you know, while Matt LaFleur probably didn't have to be convinced, but he's probably thinking to himself, hey, I got to go into Minnesota. I got to cover Justin Jefferson. And now you're going to suspend the best player that I have rather than just allowing me to give him kind of a good talking to. Do you feel like if this was Goody's call, do you feel like maybe they're looking down going, maybe Matt's starting to lose the locker room? No, because, you know, I just heard a great interview with a former Rams player who talked about the difference that Sean McVay makes. That he said, you know, you're drafted, you're undrafted, whatever. You get this one meeting with him, and in five minutes, you're ready to blow through the doors for the guy because he knows all about you. He's, you know, already into your head. He knows about your background. He knows about the turning point in your career. He tells you what his plan is, where you can help out in this team. He's talking about other guys and, and where they are, but you get such a clear assignment. And somehow he gets right to your heart, you know, about I need you to do everything you can to fulfill this assignment. The guys go out and play hard for him. And so as I'm trying to kind of figure out Matt as he, you know, gets into this fourth year, fifth year uh, in Green Bay, because, you know, he's pretty laid back in these press conferences. I see him, you know, yelling at times on the field, but, you know, he only gets to a certain point. And you know, he's always trying to be, sort of be the teacher, uh, but I'm, I'm, I've always tried to figure out what his 
what his appeal is, what he, how he gets the guys. And I, one of the best testaments is from a guy who's who doesn't talk sentimentally very much, and that's Keyshawn Nixon. And you talk about here's a guy who you know failed here and failed there and underutilized with the Raiders, and they pretty much gave up even though Versace was there to say, hey, this guy's a this guy's a spark plug. This guy could do things. And he said his difference was when he got to Green Bay, Matt LaFleur sat him down and said, you know, what do you want to do? How are you thinking about this team? Here's where I think you can go. Do you think? And it's just, you know, he, he talked about LaFleur making that same kind of connection that I heard that other player talking about McVay. So that's the part where I got to think that LaFleur eventually gets guys on one-on-one and you and you know how he carries himself. Another thing that I've heard about and it was actually the backup quarterback, Sean Clifford. Kid had played four or five years at Penn State, a lot of football. But he told me, I can't believe how much stuff these guys have ready on Wednesday mornings. That, you know, we, we play a game on Sunday, and then on Monday, you know, we come in and we check in, we go through corrections, we we report to the training trainer like, oh, man, I woke up and, you know, this arm is really sore. And And then Tuesday you sort of take off. But you try and start getting ready. But when you get in Wednesday morning, the whole rest of the week is already laid out. You can jump on it right there. Mm-hmm. And that's LaFleur working the crazy hours until late Tuesday night. So these are the things that a player wants to buy in. Are, is the game plan smart? Are you going to make me look st- – are you going to embarrass me? Or are, is this something that I can thrive in as an outside linebacker, as a defensive back? As a wide receiver, yeah, yeah, this is my strengths. This is stuff that we talked about. That's when you get the player to buy in because they feel confident they're not going to look dumb out there and they're going to be able to succeed and they're going to touch the ball. Um, And I think that overall, you know, it took that kind of planning to beat the Lions and beat the Chiefs, you know. And Mm -hmm. and to me, Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur bought – punched their ticket for 2024 with the Green Bay Packers with those two wins. Regardless if the Lions end up losing a game or two after that or the Chiefs have had their struggles, whatever, you know, that's the target, and you succeeded there. And the, uh, the rest of the ups and downs are you're on a team that drafted 13 rookies, and half of them are out there on the field. Right. Now, here's the other question. If it's not Matt LaFleur and he hasn't lost the locker room, with guys in the discussion of, and I, I don't know if you heard Eric Branchak today, but when you look at the film and you see guys really not staying in their lanes, not doing their 111, you know, they're, they're kind of doing their own thing, trying to grab their own stats. Has Joe Barry lost the ear of the guys? Going back to the Rasul discussion of he comes down at half, says we're changing the plan, goes back up, no explanation, leaves guys wondering what the hell's going on. Has maybe Joe Barry and that message, do you think, because I think Joe Barry's gone at the end of the season regardless, but has that message gone completely on deaf ears? The message from Joe Barry? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I don't know. You know, um, after the Giants game, and it was Rasul Douglas that, you know, said it the best, yeah, I got to look at the film. Right. And that was just a red flag, like, it was. They should be saying, "I made a mistake. We made some mistakes. We had some communication problems." Uh, no, it's not Joe B's fault. No one's referred to him to, as Joe B in over a year. Nobody, nobody. Right. And so he's a nice guy, and 
he tries to come up with the best plan that he can. And, you know, Joe Barry also might be a guy who's a little bit of a victim in this in that, you know, before they went from, you know, Mike Pettit to whatever they were going to get next, and there were some, there were some guys that the LaFleur either interviewed or wanted to interview and was probably told, eh, we're not going to spend 4 or $5 million on this job. We're not. Mm-hmm. We just need a plug-and-play guy. This is going to be an offensive team. We've got Aaron Rodgers. We've got all these free agents, and this is where we're going. And then when Aaron, they decide to move on from Aaron Rodgers, then it's like, okay, you know, it's the Jordan Love time. Here's the kind of players we're going to bring in, and we're still going to be pretty much a, you know, put up 400 yards a week with Jordan Love, you know, on Aaron Jones. And, mm-hmm. and, and defense, it's fine. And, you know, what Joe Barry's scheme is, that works fine with the kind of roster that we want to pay for, okay, the, way, the, the amount of money we're going to invest in this from what we've already done. And so Joe Barry might have just been a good fit. And and after that, I don't know. I don't know. But, but certainly there seems to be a, a serious problem in terms of in-game adjustments and and outwitting guys. Because when you see the other guys, like the stuff that Wink Martindale does, you know, or Spags does, and even though you're able to overcome that in the Chiefs game, you know, I – I don't see Joe making those kinds of adjustments or even talking about them on Thursday afternoon. Right. I, I, um, do you, how much do you read in now? Jair has been, like you said, very bombastic, so to speak, in his, you know, tete-a-tete with the media, so to speak, because he's, 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 you know, being very ber- verbose. But the fact that over the weekend, after that Carolina game, he said, hey, we're just running and playing what they call. Do you sense that there's this level of frustration going? Like, what are you, what are they doing? What, what what are we doing with these guys? Uh, my sense is that things that didn't work, you know, against Tommy DeVito and the Giants, and a change is not made. Maybe not going after them. Um, there was, I'll tell you what, the Giants game def, uh, game plan for the defense was Saquon Barkley, all lined up on him. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Dable and the Giants figured that out. They told the kid, hey, DeVito, hey, look at where their edges are. It's all set for the running game. There's room for you. So let's run option, and you hang on to the football. And he ends up being like your lead or second-best you know, runner in the game, just a kid running with the football. It's dumb stuff like that. Instead mm-hmm. of saying, Rashawn, go kill that kid. You know, we're up by a little bit here. Go after that quarterback and, and wake him up and you know teach him a lesson, punish him. And you right. don't get that green light, and you get frustrated out there as a player. I think that's what happened in the Giants game, to be sure. And then it seemed to carry over the week after that. You know, on the other hand, on the Joe Barry side, it's like if you had lost 34-20 to 20 to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, would they be blaming Joe Barry for this? Or would you just say, well, you know, that's the defending Super Bowl champions. You know, they would come in here and, and, uh, and you know, we're not surprised. Uh, they're a better team. We've got a young team. We'll get them next year. No, it's, it's because you lost to the stinking Giants. And then, you know, you, you lost to Baker Mayfield. Right. Who ends up having a, a career a day. Perfect, perfect quarterback rating, the first one ever to be done at Lambeau Field. Yeah, I think, I think that's what sort of got the ball rolling. And the question is flying from the media. And, you know, Joe Sixpack at home watching the game because it looks so bad. And, and the Chris Godwin 
back-to-back 20-yard receptions right on the inside of the of the safety, and how stupid that look. And you know, on the on the 52-yard uh, Moore touchdown, uh, the tight end or David Moore, uh, he uh, he he had four missed tackles on that. I mean, Joe Barry had people in place. Devondre Campbell trailing him. Valentine, who got turned around and, you know, flailed and missed him. Uh, Rudy Ford was down on his butt, had to turn around and chase him and try to punch the ball out at the goal line. You know, Joe Barry could say, I had four guys in that in that space. And, 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 and on that game, Joe Barry even said it. I don't know if he realized, but he said, they keyed Mike Evans. And so on a big play like that, a, a killer play that puts you up by two scores for the Buccaneers, they would motion Mike Evans and see they're they're figuring out. Oh, look, look at this. He is he is so geared to spying on Mike Evans that we can throw it to to Moore and and get a touchdown of it. So they use Evans to motion. One guy follows over and that opens up a gap for Moore to catch that pass perfectly thrown by Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. in a tight window off to the right-hand side. And, the, you know, he's got speed, turns it up, runs straight down the numbers, and scores a touchdown. So, I, you know, I, I, as, a, as the players are, that's probably like, you know, our game plans are good only up to a point, but they don't let us, you know, roam. And, and, and I think the other thing is that when the offense has not gotten up by two points, or by two scores, then Joe Barry's not giving guys the green light to get to the backfield, right? right? He plays more conservative. It's yep. Every time the, the Packers this year got up, Joe starts sending guys, and you start getting takeaways. But they're, you know, because because they got those young DBs back there, like Valentine and Valentine, in October and November, just play it safe. Just keep in the game. And so they kept in the games, except, you know, Jordan Love wasn't quite capable of pulling out a close game. The Broncos ended up beating you. And, you know, the Falcons hold on to beat you. And and, and you lose games that you should have won and where you could have had, hell, sitting on a winning record right now and, and, a, and, a, right. and a, a, a sure thing for a wild card spot. You know, Mike, uh, I go back to the uh, DeVito thing. He was sacked 16 times in the previous two games, was not hardly touched, wasn't sacked at all by the Packers, and then sacked five times the following week by New Orleans. And, I mean, just that alone, when you start to see that, if I'm a guy inside that locker room, I've got to be frustrated going, why in the hell weren't we allowed to tee off on this guy? Because it's there for the taking. Yeah. I haven't heard one wonder if, if Dennis Allen is out, if he could be a defensive coordinator for Green Bay. I mean, yeah. just, just go back to being the defensive coordinator and and aggressive and to help out Rashawn and those guys do their job. Yeah. Mike, great stuff in Green Bay. We'll talk again on uh, Friday for sure, but I appreciate it as always, and thanks for hanging out late, pal, okay? Oh, yeah. Just one other th- thing, too. Did you talk about this, too? Besides Hawkinson, the great tight end, who blows out you know an ACL and MCL, on the turf up in Minnesota it was against the Rams. Uh, DJ Wonham now on IR outside yeah. linebacker uh, with a season-ending injury as well. So that makes it a little bit easier for the Packers to try and pull off this win. But we'll be there with the post-game show, and I'll have more reports for you tomorrow and and Friday, and then after the game from U.S. Bank uh, and that stupid Viking and his skull horn and all that other nonsense. <laughs> All right, buddy. Be good, be safe, and uh, we will talk to you uh, later in the week, okay? 
Thank you, Bill. There you go. Mike Clements joining us uh, from up in Green Bay last night. Uh, great stuff and good conversation. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a lot more to get to. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This, uh, this weekend, you got a lot going on at Stoley's Hog Alley and Stoles Old 109 in Watertown. Uh, you've got uh, Friday Fish Fry, which is fantastic. And then, obviously, you've got football, you've got basketball, you've got a New Year's Eve party, all that kind of good stuff. New Year's Day, they have all the traditional fare on New Year's Day and everything. So, And great people, by the way. Uh, I've talked about uh, you know Jeff and Alicia for a long time. They're just awesome people to work with. And more so than anything, they're friends and just good people. So Stoley's Hog Alley, uh, the newly renovated Stoley's Hog Alley in Lake Country, right there in Oconomowoc on Venice Beach Road, or Stoles Hole 109 in Watertown, with all the TVs and the great live music and the big patio during the summertime. County Road R in Watertown for great fish fry, great atmosphere, inside and outside seating and comfort and such. It's uh, both of them, just absolutely awesome places. Awesome places. That's Stoley's Hog Alley and Stoles Hole 109. Um... So what did you get? What did you get out of that conversation? It seems like um, Mike says in the grand scheme of things, the players are professionals who get paid to do their job. But like any other job, if the house is in disarray and they don't have confidence in the leadership at the top, emotions can override logic and management and the team begins to look at the entire coaching staff and determine if they're even capable of getting this team physically and mentally in a state to perform. And it goes on from there to talk about Joe Barry and uh, the conversation that he can have or can't have with players is a falling upon deaf ears. And that is where the speculation begins. Now, if you've been listening to and or watching, like yesterday we had Mark Schofield on from SB Nation, and I said, you tell me outside looking in. And he said what a lot of people are saying. It seems like you have, if I could describe it as a mental picture, you've got this this picture of Lambeau Field, and there's this belt around it. Okay, and you can see where Lambo is starting to bulge, right? Starting to bulge a little bit, and there's like cracks, and you can see light coming out, like the, like it could explode. You know, that's kind of the way you feel about inside the walls of twelve sixty five. Like, is this is this thing ready to go boom? Like, are, you know, are we looking at like a, a loss of the locker room and to hell with the coaching staff, and or is this something that you know, can they go into Minneapolis? Can they refocus this week, go into Minneapolis, get a win, and take all that all that pressure um, out of the walls of 1265? Like, just put the train on the track for a couple of weeks, get that postseason experience, end on a high note. You know you're going to get rid of the defensive coordinator anyway. Can you just – can you just – you know, that type of thing. Can you just squeeze it down, you know? Because you kind of get the sense that maybe it's getting ready to go boom. So that's why Matt LaFleur does a lot of dancing. I know people hate to hear it, but that's that's the reason. 
because you're not going to add fuel to the fire via the media, but you do have to answer questions. There are, look, you know, I know they get mad at the media. We're, we're the, we're the messengers, you know, that type of thing. But it's, there's a lot of questions a lot of people have. And you can go, you can sit here every day and you can watch the live stream on this program. Just watch, just watch the comments. And there are so many different theories that are out there. Who's in charge of what? Who's doing what? Who's talking about what? Who's making a decision for what? And you can get 20 different theories by the end of the day because people aren't really sure. And yet, when they're the ones that put out the stock and they say, hey, we need your help, we need your money, and you're more than willing to shell it out. You know, you do get accountability in the sense of, okay, as owners, we get a chance to go and listen to the financial state of the team and what some of the progress is being made and what some of the plans are for every individual year. Okay, I get that. But that's kind of about it. Because that organization, I've said for a long time, is Red China, man. They only want you to know what they want you to know, which is like a lot. You know, don't get me wrong, but the the Packers are a little more tight-lipped about things than most. But we do get Matt LaFleur at the podium more than other teams give you. So we appreciate that. But still, it's the number one interest in the state of Wisconsin. Before health care, before education, before taxes, before all of that stuff. Still, the number one thing that trips people's trigger in the state of Wisconsin is Packers, and the Packers cannot forget that. Because people want to know. Um, 877-867-1670. Rob Dog says, uh, well, you know what? I'll get into this coming up in the next hour. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Coming up right after this.